few things to be grateful for and the history and stories behind them. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get going. Okay, so I have mentioned this before, but growing up, I played soccer or football, if you like. It was pretty common where I grew up to do at least one sport, possibly dance, as well as learning uh, to play the violin and piano. My sport of choice was soccer. I had tried basketball and found that on the playground, I maybe shined a little bit more as a commentator than I did with like hand-eye coordination, which proved a little difficult later when I played goalie, but like that feels like a very different thing. (laughs) In soccer though, I could really shine and I enjoyed playing with my teammates and growing up with them. Our team went through a number of changes. We started out as the Tidal Waves at a lower division and then eventually changed our names to Strikers and uh, played a number of games in which we lost and were absolutely slaughtered and we eventually went on to uh, win our championship, which was pretty cool. Uh, You can hear more about that story and about my embarrassing slip and fall on the way to receive a trophy, which kind of that's basically the story, but there's more pain (laughs) in it uh, in my telling of that story on the podcast episode about soccer. So if you want, you can check that one out. Uh, But since then and after college, it's a little bit trickier to find pickup games to play. But whenever there's a chance, there's nothing quite like a game of soccer to both destroy and pick up the spirits, even if I don't play the same way that I used to anymore. Which has also been my experience watching the World Cup this year. Lots of, like, destruction and picked up spirits. There have been so many upsets. The U.S. team got to the final 16 and then was knocked out. Other teams I was rooting for, like Germany and Korea, are out by now as well. And with underdogs coming in and ousting the favorites, as well as a few favorites still managing to hold on, it's pretty amazing and been quite the ride this year. And I think it's fantastic to see the world gathering together again like this, especially after the last few years. It's neat to see us all come together to uh, cheer on our teams and party and cry together, which has been what I've been seeing. I do find it pretty fascinating the way sports can bring not only cities, states, and countries together, but also the nations around the world together on a global stage, be it the Olympics or the World Cup, anything that can bring us together in camaraderie. And I know that sports also get a bit wild and it's not always positive, but for the positive things, the ways in which we can come together and celebrate and cheer each other on, that feels pretty magical. So today we're going to take a little bit of time for a little bit of gratitude for some games that started back in 1930 in Uruguay, the World Cup. The first World Cup was held in Uruguay, and it was in that same year that Uruguay took the title. But before the first World Cup, we'd already seen a few international football matches. The first international football match happened between England and Scotland in Glasgow back in 1872. These games, usually between England and Scotland, were known as the World Championships in the end of the 19th century. But by the 20th century, football had become very popular and had spread around the world. Again, you can learn more about that in the soccer episode, so we'll just keep going here. The next international game played outside of Britain was a match between Argentina and Uruguay in 1902. By 1904, we got more international games with the founding of FIFA, which included teams from France, Belgium, Germany, Denmark, the Netherlands, Spain, Switzerland, and Sweden. In 1908, as supervised by FIFA, soccer became an Olympic sport as well, although it was later left out of a few other Olympics. It was been a little back and forth. 
FIFA's first attempt to organize an international game took place in Switzerland in 1906, but it wasn't very successful. Competitions for professional teams started to show up with the Torneo Internazionale Stampa Sportiva. I have a terrible Italian accent. I'm so sorry. Those games were held in Turin in 1908, and that was the first time it was held. The second time it was held was in 1909. Sir Thomas Lipton also held his own competition in Turin, called the Sir Lipton Trophy. This competition is also sometimes called the First World Cup. Although there was also the, here we go again, please forgive my rubbish Italian, the Italian Torneo Internazionale Stampa Sportiva. That was a German Sportiva. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Sportiva. That we just mentioned. Uruguay won the opportunity to host the first FIFA-organized World Cup due to its status as two-time world champions in some of those other games that we mentioned. They also happened to be celebrating the centennial of their independence in 1930. Because Uruguay was quite a distance to travel from Europe, many European teams did not say that they were going to go until two months before the game. In the end, 13 teams played in the first World Cup, with seven from South America, and two from North America, and four from Europe. Uruguay came away with the win, defeating Argentina. 93,000 people watched the match. During the World Cup, a French player named Lucien Laurent was the first to score a goal in the World Cup, and a U.S. player named Bert Patenaud was the first to complete a hat-trick, that is, to score three goals in a match, in the match of the United States versus Paraguay. A hat trick can be like more than just scoring goals. It's usually something awesome in a set of three, but typically eh, it's scoring three goals. 1934's World Cup was the first to have qualification stages. This World Cup was held in Italy. Uruguay was still upset that so few European teams had come out to their World Cup, so they uh, boycotted the event. In the end, Italy won the 1934 World Cup. Egypt was also the first African country to participate in the World Cup in this cup. This also saw the first player to score four goals in a single World Cup game, and it belongs to Polish striker Ernest Wilimowski. During the World Wars, the World Cup went on hiatus, and it stayed out of the game for a little bit longer, also because it had to build up the funds after the wars. Following the World Wars, the next World Cup was held in Brazil in 1950. In 1954, the World Cup was held in Switzerland and was won for the books for a number of reasons. Many records were broken, and it was also the first televised World Cup. West Germany came out on top in this cup, with the final match being nicknamed the Miracle of Bern. In 1958's World Cup, we got to see Brazilian legend Pele come out onto the field, scoring two goals in the final match. In 1966, England hosted the World Cup and was the first to implement a lot of advertising, including the introduction of a mascot and an official logo for the event. This was the same year that the World Cup trophy was stolen, but was found a week afterwards by a dog named Pickles. Thank you, Pickles. Also in 1966, North Korea became the first Asian team to make it to the quarterfinal rounds. There have been two World Cup trophies. The Jureme trophy was used from 1930 to 1970. At this point, Brazil won the World Cup for the third time and was given the trophy permanently in honor of their three wins. From 1974 onward, we have used the FIFA World Cup trophy. It is worth 20 million US dollars, one of the most expensive trophies in sports. It is made of solid gold. Iran and Tunisia participated in the World Cup for the first time in 1978. Tunisia went on to win their match against Mexico, making them the first African country to win a match at the World Cup. This was also a huge World Cup, as 98 countries competed for 14 slots. 
Over the years, the format of the games and the qualification rounds have changed. There's also been a lot of drama and controversy on and off the field. From countries not attending World Cups for political reasons, to controversies, fights, game-fixing, and more dramatics on the field. It's a bit of a mess, but it continues to go on. In 1990, Cameroon was the first African country to make it to the quarterfinals. In the same year, the United States qualified for the World Cup for the first time since 1950. The Republic of Ireland made its first appearance at the 1990 World Cup and was also the first team to reach the quarterfinals without winning a single match. They had ties and a penalty shootout win. The 1994 World Cup was hosted in the United States and was the most financially successful World Cup as of 2018, with an overall attendance of over 3.5 million spectators. In the match between Russia and Cameroon during this World Cup, Oleg Selenka of Russia scored five goals, becoming the first to do so in a World Cup match, and Cameroon player Roger Milla became the oldest player to score a goal in the World Cup. He was 42. The 2002 World Cup was the first one held in Asia, and it was hosted by Japan and South Korea together. In a preliminary match for this cup, Australia beat American Samoa at 31-0, the highest scoring match. In the 2002 World Cup, South Korea, the United States, and Senegal made it to the final eight, with Brazil taking the cup for its fifth World Cup victory. It was also during this World Cup, in a match between South Korea and Turkey, that Hakan Sukur scored the fastest goal ever at a World Cup match, scoring in the first 11 seconds of the game. The 2010 World Cup was the first World Cup hosted in Africa. It was hosted in South Africa. And in 2018, we had the first World Cup in Eastern Europe, as hosted by Russia. In 2014, 3.2 billion people tuned into the World Cup. That's almost half of the world's population. Brazil has won the most World Cups total, holding the record at five, with Germany and Italy having won four World Cups, and Argentina, Uruguay, and France having won two. So far, we'll see what happens this year. We are currently on our 22nd World Cup. The World Cup is typically held once every four years. The 2022 World Cup is the first World Cup not hosted in the summer but rather from November through December in Qatar. In the 2022 World Cup, there are 64 matches. For the women, the first official FIFA Women's World Cup took place in China in 1991. There have been eight FIFA Women's World Cups so far, with the United States winning four of those. Germany has won twice, and Japan and Norway have each won once. The Women's World Cup takes place every four years the year after the Men's World Cup. So in 2023, the FIFA Women's World Cup will be hosted by Australia and New Zealand. Prior to the first official FIFA Women's World Cup, however, there have been other Women's World Cups. Unofficial World Cups took place in Italy in 1970 and in Mexico in 1971. A ban on women's soccer was lifted in the 70s, leading to more games around the world, as well as more teams throughout the 70s and the 80s. A trial run at a more official games was held in 1988 in China and was considered a success when it garnered about 45,000 attendees, which led to the development of the official Women's World Cup and its first match in China 1991. The United States won the first World Cup, defeating Norway. 
In 2015, two female footballers broke a record held for both men and women, as Formiga of Brazil and Homare Sawa of Japan made an appearance in their sixth World Cup. Six World Cups! That's 20 years! That's a lot! It's amazing! It's incredible! Nobody else has done that! The World Cup is certainly a dramatic stage for sports, both with the men's and the women's World Cup. There are many ups and downs, many breathtaking moments, many beautiful goals, many stunning victories and devastating defeats. But all of these things give us many memories that we can hold dear as we remember the time we sang along with strangers, cheered and cried together as we took our family and friends to matches or we watched them at home and made food and spilled it everywhere when somebody scored or we shouted at the ref on the television, whatever the case may be, I'm grateful for the World Cup. It is something that helps me feel closer to other people in the world, knowing that we share this love and this passion for this beautiful game. And that makes the world feel just a little bit warmer. And a special thank you to one of our listeners for suggesting this week's topic. I really enjoyed it. Thanks again. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a marvelous day. Take care. Thank you.